CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, May the 16th. Um, we are, what, I think 100 days? Um, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow from from college football being a thing again. Um, so those of us who are trying to manufacture content in the middle of the um, – of the we're, we're kind of like on the dark side of the moon uh, in my in my world um between now and and like basically the uh the end of july but there'll be a handful of things coming up here and there uh was lucky enough that um new virginia athletic director carla williams decided to sit down with us uh last week so that gave um lots of stuff to talk about probably more so than most people even realized um so we'll talk a little bit about that and as well as um, the Supreme Court's decision to basically um, open up the doors when it comes to um, sports betting. And um, as the resident non-better of the group here, um, I'm guessing that's going to be a segment where I'm kind of quiet. Though anybody who knows me knows I'm never really quiet, so we'll, that'll be fun. Um, so before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Up in uh, Fishersville, David Spence is on the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Brad. Just trying to figure out where I'm going to get all this extra money from that I'm going to be losing in my <laughs> Legal bets moving forward. <laughs> Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. And up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber's also on the show. How are you, my friend? Good. I'm just trying to figure out where I'm going to put all my winnings um, from all my <laughs> new sports bet ventures. Um, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Ed Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, yeah, the funny thing about the gambling thing is, um, like, I am so not a gambler. Like, and like, there are definitely times when I have to ask Ferber or Dave to like explain some gambling related thing to me. But I actually think that this news and certainly the way I feel like it's going to be embraced by uh, media types is going to be helpful for me because I'm probably going to learn a lot. Um, you know how they try to teach you how certain sports work sometimes when you're watching. Okay, well, they only get this many timeouts and blah, blah, blah. That's going to be me. I'm going to finally benefit from some of that stuff. All right, before we get to do that, um, let's get to, to, to Carla Williams. Um, I'm really curious to hear what you guys thought um, as, um, as as you sort of read, and, and I'm guessing, because you always read everything um, that Cavs Corner puts out, uh, re- <laughs> reading those transcripts, or the excerpts, rather, of the transcripts, because I didn't put every question in because I – um, I was mindful of space and the fact that some people just won't won't read through a big uh, too long um, sort of thing. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. Give me some general thoughts uh, about uh, what 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 you kind of took away from it, and maybe give me like your one big sort of takeaway um, from the session overall. My my big takeaway. I mean, Carla has been in town long enough. I mean, she's still using GPS to get around Charlottesville, right? She she doesn't know her new channels on her cable yet, and. It, and she knows more about our football program and has voiced that to the media and hence the public more than our previous administrative athletic department staff did in all the years they were there. Um, now, they may have realized it, but they never put that in print and they never put it out there. And I think putting it out there is not only a, a huge thing for, you know, to have an athletic director who recognizes it, but I think putting it out there puts pressure on those guys with pocketbooks, you know, I don't, I don't have the money to fund a facility, but the guys who do are going to say, you know what? She kind of called us out. I mean, she didn't call them out directly, but she did say, Hey, you want the program to be better? You got to invest in it. And she didn't just say, Hey, you need to invest because Clemson has a slide in their lobby. You know, she said, you know, if you can spend 30 minutes doing something, 
versus an hour. You know, that's 30 minutes you can't come back. And she talked about the injury issues with not having a, a grass practice field. So I was very impressed with not only the fact that she's identified it, she means she's clearly talking to the people that know, she's listening, and then she's understanding the reasoning for it and and communicating it in a much better way than I do on the podcast, which is phenomenal. So I, I respect that. Now, whether she can get everything she's talking for right away, I don't know. But I give I have a lot more confidence that we'll see a new football facility in the next, what, two, year or two than I was prior to her meeting with the media, which sounds dumb, but I really do think saying that stuff publicly is big, and I think she hit the nail on the head. Yeah, her, her comments about um, not just um, sort of what was needed, but really sort of explaining the big picture and, and kind of how everything sort of works together, um, it did really highlight the, the friction points, right? It, it really highlighted um, the immediacy. You know, it really highlighted to me um, sort of um, sort of not just like what what it, 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 she didn't just highlight. OK, this is what what Virginia needs. But she also highlighted like what is needed overall. Like this is the way it works. And I thought that um, she had a, a very central through line um, through just about every answer she gave to any question, um, which is that no one piece can do everything alone like you're not going to have uh, a good football program just because you have a nice indoor facility like that's a great piece right but it's a piece of a bigger puzzle and she talked about not just you know yeah that the getting the ops complex is important but hey they need a, a grass practice field and and so you get that and you're like okay but you also need you know staffing levels to be up she talked about um the strength coaches and the the additional uh, analysts that they're gonna i guess at this point have hired um she talked about all of the pieces of the department as a whole, uh, marketing, ticket office, you know, all that everything sort of has to come together. And, and it almost, it almost came away thinking that like, there isn't much that she doesn't want to touch. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there is nothing that to her is like a sacred cow. Like, okay, this is, uh, this is the way it's always been. So we're just going to keep it that way. Uh, Ferber, what were some of your, um, sort of thoughts as you read some of the, the things that she had to say and, and maybe what was your big takeaway? I mean, my big takeaway was just the, the, directness of it i guess um you know she didn't dance around the issues or you know like try to downplay anything i think she was very upfront and i think you know obviously um i mean she knows what she's doing as far as like you know why she's sitting down with you guys to get this out there she wants it out there i mean she's controlling the message and getting it out to the fans and the donors and the people that need to hear it um and i think that's very smart and i think it's you know instead of saying you know, uh, we have some shortcomings here, you know, we need to work. She's like, no, we're, we're underfunded critically at certain positions, especially with the football program. Um, and that needs to be addressed if we're going to build something solid. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I'm not, and, and it's, as somebody that, you know, obviously follows the program as closely as we have, we know that Bronco and Mike London before him have, uh, and maybe even going back to grow, um, have made it clear that they feel like there were some infrastructure things that needed to be changed or, or added to. And, and, uh, they weren't, you know, shy about saying so. I mean, Bronco in his introductory press conference mentioned the critical need for a football facility or a new one. And, uh, and I mean, it's, it's one thing to hear those things, but it's another thing to hear like, you know, uh, we need it because of this, or, you know, this is where we are. This is where our peers are. Um, and, and it's not just about building buildings either. I mean, they also felt like they were understaffed as far as training and, 
and uh, you know data analysts and all that stuff that other programs are using. So I mean, it, it, it's it's good I think to have somebody that sees the vision and and clearly understands the needs. I mean, she didn't seem like she was uh, you know making it up as she went along. I mean, she seemed like she had a pretty clear vision, you know, for what uh, what needed to be done with the football program to kind of get it back on track and and move it into the twenty first century. Quite honestly. Um, and uh, I, I thought that was pretty refreshing to hear. Uh, and uh, I, I'm interested to see where things go from here because it seems like the athletic director is on the same page as the coach um, as far as like what's needed and, and what they're going to do. And she seems to have a willingness to go that extra mile to make sure it gets done. And uh, I'm not trying to say anything bad about the previous administration, but um, I mean, if you read, you know, kind of what she's saying, it seems like they didn't do all that could have been done for football or didn't didn't go as far as maybe they needed to go to get that funding to get where they needed to go um or you know things that the coaches were saying were kind of falling on deaf ears i don't know what happened but um or there were priorities in another area it doesn't matter um but what i'm saying is you know like football is kind of the big driver for an athletic department it seems like they have an athletic director who understands that and is a uh, pretty uh aggressive in trying to uh, correct any issues that there are. Yeah. Justin Simmons said there, like, I feel like Bronco did mention that when he first came in, um, you know, uh, I think it was one of the first comments he made actually in, in the press conference. But, you know, I feel like if you think of the UVA fandom and the alumni base at that point, like you're, you're coming off of Al Groh, who wasn't a very popular coach at the end of his tenure and kind of the embarrassment of the London years they didn't want to hear it from the coach. Like, hey, we just paid to hire you and you're making good money. Don't give us excuses why you're not going to win. Just win. So I think having a new athletic director, the, the timing is kind of right for someone else to say that. And what I like about what Carla did is, um, you know, most of the time when you get a new AD, like the the history is an athletic director is going to come in and hire their football guy, right? Carla didn't mention, like she she went to bat for Bronco and focus her intent on the infrastructure, which is, I think, kind of shows how how important it is to her. You know, she's not saying, hey, I want to hire Mike Bobo or whoever, um, or saying, yeah, we're going to evaluate Bronco at the end of the year. She focused on the infrastructure part because, look, here, here's the truth. Like, you're not getting a – getting Bronco with the facilities we have is a pretty big accomplishment. You're not getting, a, you know, a well-established coach to come – especially after what Carla said, like now she's got to, got to, got to do it with Bronco. You're not getting a whole lot of established coaches are going to run to work on the facilities as she described them. So I think it's, it's the right voice to say it. Like Bronco didn't have the capital, you know, the, the, um, the attention of the fan base and, and the alumni base to, to be able to say that. And now you get Carla who's got, you know, I think she does. And I'm, I'm encouraged by hearing her say it. And, and just the, just the, the brutal honesty of saying football drives a ship. Like Craig talked about football a lot. Now I don't want to dig Craig either. I think he did great in the other sports, but there was also, you know, we want our football program to be better, but we want our athletic program to be great. And I think Carla was really forceful in saying, Hey, to get that stuff, great football has got to be good. One thing that I really thought, um, <clears throat> I mean, look, it's clear to me that a, um, that Carla Williams is going to be Bronco Mendenhall's best friend in the sense that she's not even telling, she's not saying that 
um, the team has to do X, Y, and Z in order for the department to do A, B, and C, right? She's basically saying that in order, and you guys, you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I understood, what I kind of like walked out of that room thinking is that she believes that in order for Bronco to really be, um, fairly judged to really, for, for the program to be accurately, uh, prepared, there's a series of things that have to happen. Um, her comments about um, recruiting and the idea that, like, if a, if a kid, uh, be it interstate or out of state, is, is coming to UVA and on a visit, he's gonna he and his family are gonna are gonna compare the the um, the investment of the of the program into football and and compare that versus other schools. Um, and she she also made a comment to basically that you know you get to a place with facilities where. Um, with a program as a whole, rather, where um, it becomes, it becomes, um, in terms of financials, it becomes like an albatross, basically. And she made the point that, like, they're there, like they're there now. And I got to be honest, like what Dave said about her, um, you know, really kind of putting it out there, and and now she's sort of, um, you know, she's got to do it with Bronco. I got to be honest, like I kind of feel like I walked away thinking that she might not even feel like she can accurately or adequately judge whether or not he's doing a good job until, until some things around the program change. And clearly um, it's clear to me that she is not just um, that she's not just absolutely focused on the things that need to change, but I think she's even got like plans you know, beyond that, like, it's not just a situation of she came in and she's going to have to do these things to change, to, to change the department as a whole so that it runs in a more, um, maybe 21st century modern college athletics sort of way. Right. But it's almost like she, she has a very long plan and she understands what each step, each rung in the ladder was. Um, I was just really impressed above all. I, I mean, I thought, she did a good job of really answering the questions. She didn't hide from anything. There were a couple questions. There was one about the Rice Commission. I didn't think she really dove in too much. There's one about gambling. She really didn't dive in too much. Um, but I really thought she did a good job of 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 basically being exactly um, she she was over that that Q and A exactly who she was in the introductory press conference. And I and, and that in of itself is really refreshing. Her her focus on recruiting both in terms of prospects as for that are going to play at UVA potentially, as well as donors that, you know, are going to give to UVA potentially. Um, th- I mean, I don't know if you could be any more encouraged by the idea that she walked in and said, okay, we have to, we have to raise an emergency fund. She wanted it to be 500,000 within a, you know, not that long. It was a million, right? She was able to, to convince donors this has to happen and it has to happen now. Um, her, her point about, you know, she didn't want to raise student fees. I thought that was impressive. Um, the idea that she's not going to rely on the ACC network to 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 basically make up for any kind of revenue shortfall, um, I think she gets it, and I, and I don't know if there's a better descriptor um, for somebody in her position than she just gets it, and that I think is is probably the thing that um, you know we all take away from it the most. Um, was there anything, Dave, that you would you wanted to hear about that you didn't hear about from her? I mean, <laughs> not really. I mean. Honestly, I didn't expect to hear what I did, and um, not to like pat you on the back, but I, as we said leading up to the podcast tonight, like if you read the articles about Carla's talk, like it, it hit the high points, 
But for me, reading the transcripts and seeing, hey, she didn't just kind of mention that in passing. It was like a whole paragraph of why that was important. Like, if you haven't read the transcripts, do it. I mean, it, I, mean I think you'll see it gives you a little more, you know, a little more substance to what she said than, than just the, the articles and, you know, the quotes in the articles. But I don't, I really don't know. Short of her coming out and saying, hey, I've got someone willing to fund this thing. I mean, <laughs> it's, you kind of mentioned, you know, being able to evaluate Bronco, well, you didn't kind of, you did mention being able to evaluate Bronco, having the, having the stuff along to be able to evaluate Bronco. And I've kind of mentioned in the podcast before, and you may have too, and Justin may have, I feel like whether or not Bronco is the guy who leads Virginia football back to the top, I don't know yet, but I do feel like he was the guy to help with the infrastructure stuff. And now him teamed with Carla, like, I, I think I feel a lot more confident about Virginia football 10 to 15 years down the road than I did prior to their arrivals. Um, it's just, you know, how long does it take before, you know, is it really 10 or 15 years before they're successful? But I do think we have the right people in place. And I am very encouraged about what I heard. Um, no, I mean, yeah, short of having the funding, I don't really, yeah, you got me there, Brad. <laughs> what about you, Ferber? Did, was there anything that you maybe were thinking you wanted to hear that you didn't hear? <laughs> Brad, Dave just wants to hear more about beer. <laughs> beer sales um, yeah beer sales will be good yeah 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 we can we can circle back on that um but no no i mean not really i think she covered pretty much all the big topics obviously like we are very football and basketball centric obviously a lot of other people want to hear about the golf facility and all that stuff we don't really talk about that very much on here um and so i mean like football is kind of the big driver of that conversation for me because i'm not worried about the basketball program i mean I, quite frankly i don't really care how the players are, you know and the coaches have done with the umbc like that's all in the past like i mean that's cool that she has a perspective on that i get why the question was asked but i'm not worried about like this the status of the basketball program going forward the football program obviously is the big driver of the the department and also a department or the uh program that's kind of struggling right now of the big ones so um, obviously the one that it's going to get the most attention in a setting like this. I thought it was interesting to say that, you know, if she, she kind of did mention that, um, you know, in order to win, you have to get better players, which made me kind of wonder if she felt like they were under recruiting or like the facilities they have are, are kind of hurting them in recruiting or if, or if she just meant that like anecdotally, like you have to get good players to win, you know, kind of as a cliche, or if she meant like, you know, they need to get better players than they've been getting. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think she was reading their rivals pages, but I, I got the same vibe. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, go ahead, Ferber. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, that was it. That's all I got. All right. Well, along those same lines, um, one thing I, I do want to say is that um, so there were a couple questions. I mean, like I said, I, I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could put everything in there. It, so I, I, that's why I was careful to call it ex, excerpts and not necessarily just a transcript. Um, that she she was answered a couple questions about Tina Thompson. And the one thing I didn't get to ask because we ran out of time, but I was planning to ask was you, you, having just gone through a coaching search, um, her first coaching search at UVA, at least, um, were there anything, was there anything that you learned, you know, through the, through this process that you will carry with you in terms of, um, hiring coaches for this school? And the reason I asked that is because I was kind of curious as to, um, you know, I think for some athletic directors, the idea of locking up coaches long term never goes away. 
um, I always got the sense, and maybe I'm wrong here, that Craig's Craig was much more of like a at the end of the year we'll we'll figure it out sort of guy. And I'm not saying that Carlo's going to you know be making deals in the middle of the season, but what I did think was maybe Virginia would have a different sort of mo going forward in the sense that you know if it, you know you have something that's clearly working like Tony, do you go ahead and extend him even longer? Um, yeah, I would. Some of that's obviously stuff she wouldn't want to talk about publicly, but I was just curious to try to to try to get her to 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 offer us something uh, on that front. Um, that might be the one thing that I wish I had asked about that I didn't get a chance to. Um, to Ferber's point about you know not really worried about you know how the kids are dealing with the UMBC loss, I did like the fact that she was like, yeah, I was I was waiting for them at the locker room. Um, I, I just get the sense that I mean she is in and. Um, you would think that somebody with you know her age and her excitement and her energy level that that's what you would get. Um, but man, athletic directors and 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 people in some form of you know bureaucracy, like you're not really sure that that's what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think Virginia. If, if there's anything that I learned that day, that if if there was any doubt, which I don't think there really was, but it it's very crystal clear that Virginia did an excellent job in hiring its next athletic director. And um, even if her name wasn't one that was bandied about, um, she seems like the perfect fit. Uh, I, I think her coaching background really helps her out a lot, um, especially as they kind of go through this transition with U-Haul and Honesty and getting rid of those facilities and kind of um, getting those other coaches and student athletes back in a uh, in a building that um, you know that that is not going to uh, fall apart around them. Um, I, I think that in of itself um, is a is a big plus because she's she knows exactly what that life is like um whereas maybe some of her peers um might not know that i mean her her background as an assistant basketball coach i think uh women's basketball coach is is important um anything else on on that uh on that topic before we roll to gambling until i let you guys just take over the whole entire podcast Brad wants his beer. I mean, Dave wants his beer. Brad doesn't want. Beer. Okay, yeah, that that was one question that I did cut because she re- she really didn't say anything about it. Uh, it wasn't really a question. Um, it was kind of more of like an anecdote that I think Doug tossed out to her um, because, of course, it was Doug. Um, Dave, would you like to see beer sales at Scott Stadium? Um, um, yes, Brad. Yes. Why, why not? <laughs> I, I kind of think we need it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. don't in the press box, but I feel like the fans kind of sometimes it would it would help. Yeah. <laughs> it would, and if you want to do if you want to do like beer free sections and allow they've seen some stuff. Holders, yeah, well, it certainly would to, change the game experience. That's for sure. It would. I mean, and honestly, like uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much it would help, but it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> even even if the people who just even if it didn't increase the attendance, if the people there were spending a little more money. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, that and brings gets, us. And I think it would keep people in the stadium too, like you know, and if you know, instead of leaving, it's, it makes it more social or whatever. Right. I don't really care either way. Yeah, they may have to spend the night in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, that brings us to um, that brings us to a good segue, which is the idea of um, you know of the gambling and the idea of that you know impacting the the fan experience. Um, how do we feel about the the change, guys? What, what as 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 you guys are more involved in the in the odds and lines and paying attention to these kinds of things than I am? 
How do you do? What do you? Th- I mean, granted, Virginia as as of right now does not have is not ready to roll like some others are. Um, is not ready to you know to move forward with um, with with whether it's legislation or even past legislation and, and ready to you know put shovels in the ground. But in general, how do you? How would you see the fan experience being impacted uh, in this way, Dave? What what are your expectations or hopes maybe for what? this decision could mean um, for college athletics and specifically for an in-game, whether you're watching UVA on TV or maybe even in person. Um, what, what are your, what are your, some of your, your hopes and, and thoughts on it? I mean, I, I don't know how much it's going to impact it right away. Um, I mean, the guys who are, who want to really bet are betting. I think it'll take a little time for people to kind of, you know, some people try it out, but it, I mean, as far as like, from a fan perspective, for me, it just makes it easier, you know, if I want to do it. Um, and I, I find it interesting, not for my teams. Like I've never really bet on my teams. It, it makes the other games more interesting. So I think assuming I'm normal, which is a big assumption, you know, I, I do think it helps the leagues and, and the games. It just gives you, it's kind of like fantasy football. Like I watch games for, you know, NFL games I never would have watched just because my fantasy guys are on there. So if I'm able to bet on a game or whether it's prop bet, which they seem to be worried about, or, you know, any other bet, anything that's going to bring eyes to the to the game, um, to the telecast and increase ad revenue, you know, I think ultimately it just brings it all above board. And I, I don't really see much bad that can come out of it. Um, Maybe I'm naive, but I just think it, it's just bringing it. People who want to bet, we're already betting. So I'm not too worried about the old integrity of the game thing. Cheaters are going to cheat. Cheaters are cheating now. I don't really see the difference. You know, point shaving is terrible, but I don't see how it's a whole lot different than, you know, paying for recruits to come to your school. I mean, they're all manipulating outcomes. So, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, there's certainly going to be people who, who don't like it. Um, and I'm guessing we'll see a lot of commercials that are annoying. And But I think the, the, the end game for me is, could this be the way to kind of change the, the falling attendance figures we're seeing at sports, sports events? You know, we, we joke about Virginia football. Virginia football attendance is down. But um, it's kind of a universal thing, you know. Not, not not many people are feeling filling their stadiums anymore. So do you see betting parlors pop up in the stadiums? You know, do, are more teams people coming to the game because they can you know bet? I don't know. Um, that's kind of the the only thing I can really take from it. Um, it'll be I'll be interested to see what Virginia does, but it looks like West Virginia will be one of the first states up and running. So if you want to bet, you don't have to go far. What do you think, Ferber? Um, what are your what are your what are your expectations and hopes on this? Yeah, I mean, this is something that was bound to happen eventually. I mean, the sentiment on sports gambling has changed over time. I mean, it's not necessarily considered a moral thing, like a problem anymore. I mean, like, you know, you can go to Vegas. Sports books are awesome. I mean, there's it's so much energy in there, and there's a lot going on, and there's a million games on, and people got money on games that you wouldn't otherwise care about. Makes it fun. Um but besides that, I mean, people have been able to bet on their phones for a decade plus. I mean, on sites that are you know off sh- offshore, whether you want to do that or not is up to you. But this just kind of brings a little closer to home, makes it easier to do, and and obviously a little bit easier to get paid. Um, 
so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how this works out. I'm kind of interested in the deal that West Virginia made with Marshall and WVU. Um, they get some kind of a cut of the of the money or something. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a big change in Virginia right away because I don't think they're going to change the law in the near future. But uh, you know, I live I live near a state that has you know casinos now and uh, two states actually with West Virginia not too far away. So. Um, you know, so th- it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, to Dave's point about attendance, I think it could go either way. I think if you have betting parlor type situations in the stadium, that could be a help. But I also think it might be a hindrance because it just might push people further towards the I want to watch every game all the time model, like with fantasy football, where, you know, you have money on three different games. You don't want to sit in Scott Stadium and watch one. Um, but if that's like the best way to gamble, then maybe that maybe that is how people do it. I'm not exactly sure how it works. But I mean, it, it's just a step in the into the future. I mean, it, it's it's something that has been coming for a long time now, and and uh, you know, it's a good it's a good start for people that have already been doing this. Uh, you know, however they've been doing it, and hopefully, um, to some degree, it gets rid of bookies, which you know obviously can be uh, have a criminal element to it. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I mean, it's in the near future. I don't think it's going to change a whole lot. Um. <clears throat> this this morning, this afternoon, when the three of us were texting about what we want to talk about on the show, Ferber, I think, jokingly asked what we were going to talk about, and I said this, and he was like, why? <laughs> and I originally I was like, you know, this is a, an interesting topic because I do think that this could change. It, it could have a profound impact on college athletics. One, it could pave the way for a, an area of revenue um, that could make image likeness um and name uh, an opportunity for for student athletes to to, pro- to profit off of the integrity of the sport thing like dave was talking about is is clearly going to be a thing that the ncaa you can just go ahead and expect the ncaa is going to talk about that because they want to ha- they want to keep all the money let's be honest um but anyway so as i was thinking about this topic today i actually was listening to a podcast with bomani jones and he was talking about this and the thing he the thing he said that was really ringing in my ears was um, to, and this kind of goes to Ferber's point a second ago, like, you know, that people have been able to bet on their phones for a decade. Um, but the point Bomani made that I really, really agreed with was that even somebody is like him who is involved in sports, who, who consumes sports on a high level, like if he wanted to place a bet, he wouldn't even know where to go. Right. And I, I feel the same exact way. Like I talk to you guys about stuff sometimes, you know, I, I, my, my buddy Matt, who works at uh, ESPN 950 in Richmond, like he he does odds and stuff and writes that little column for me during the season. And like but legitimately, like if I just felt like, you know what, I really think this line is ridiculous. I want to put I want to put some money. In. I would not know where to go. I would feel super shady and super like weirded out by the whole process because it was just it was sort of foreign, you know. And I understand for people who are like used to that, like it's probably not that big a deal. It would be like me, I don't know, trying to pop open the case on an iPhone and, and fix a um, a broken screen. Like I can do that because I've got a background in it, but nobody else is going to be feel comfortable getting a, um, you know, the right screw uh, driver and, and figuring all that out, right? Um, I, I think the thing that it could change though, it, to the point about, you know, attendance and that kind of thing, like, um, it, you if you put stuff at the stadiums clearly it changes the the rooting interest people are more you know to Ferber's point about watching in a, in a uh, in Vegas like you're more interested when you have more money on the line or any money on the line but i also think what it's going to do is it's going to open up a lot of games for viewers that normally wouldn't watch that game 
Um, and I think the fact that now, you know, those of us in sports media can talk about it. Like, I won't be surprised at all to see Yahoo Sports rivals put lines in a much more prominent way and to be able to, you know, for those of us who have sites to, to, to have more, you know, content around that kind of stuff. Because I do think it's going to um, be something that drives um, that drives interest. Uh, how how it impacts the in-game experience in the stadium, that is obviously really TBD. Um, I do think, it though, even just having networks, having sports casters, instead of like, you know, making little jokes when somebody hits a late three and it, you know, shouldn't matter, but it does matter to a whole lot of people. Um, now that you can actually talk about it in the open, I do, and I do think that's going to have a significant impact. Um, and this might be, for lack of a better, I mean, and I know on some level it's somewhat sad, but like this could be a, a huge game changer for sports media. I mean, we're talking about, you know, today's point earlier, he's talking about, you know, not many people are going to games, not people are watching games, but now people who might not necessarily be invested in a team can be invested in a reason to watch. Um, and it certainly could change the landscape of how people watch shows like SportsCenter. You know, the six o'clock SportsCenter has, you know, been, you know, numbers have been just falling off a cliff. Because why? Because people, one, they don't watch TV in a, on, a, on a regular sort of basis like that. But then two, like, what are they watching the 6, 8, 6 p.m. Sports Center for? They, everything that they're going to report, they've already read on their phones. There's no highlights. There's nothing new. But now with lines and, you know, what could go where, that, that's a significant kind of change. And I, and I, and I definitely see um, some potential there. Um, do, you, do you guys feel like this will make you um, – make you view the betting experience differently like do you lose a little bit of the fun when it's not quite as off the beaten path dave i mean is this i i don't think so i mean you're gonna see some crazy lawn swings i think we're not used to and that's gonna take a little while yeah that's That's, gonna be the thing that throws everything off is people are dumb yeah like the professional bookies are probably gonna struggle the most (laughs) because they're not gonna know what to do right away yeah, gonna... I mean, and the casinos will open up lines and then they'll shoot all over the place. And then obviously you'll have, now you'll have the factor of, you know, <laughs> I just keep imagining a bunch of hammered drunk West Virginia fans in Charlestown betting on their, betting on them, you know, <laughs> betting on their yeah. game at a at Hollywood races and slots or whatever it's called. And, and just, you know, like the line just moves dramatically because... They just, you know, they're, it's a homer bet. It's not an educated bet. It's just a bet, you know? So, I mean, but to answer your question, Brad, I didn't mean to cut you off, Dave, but, like, I don't, I mean, I've been to Vegas. Like, it doesn't, I don't feel like, oh, this isn't as fun because everybody else is doing it. Like, it's more fun because there's, there's, like, more people. You can watch, like, the crazy people with you that you don't even know, like, freaking out about, uh, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies being down 23 points and hitting a three at the buzzer, you know, or something. Or like the NCAA tournament, I've been in a sports book for the first couple of days of the NCAA tournament. That is awesome because you have so many games on and, you know, like some of them come down to the wire and that's intense and then other ones are getting kind of in hand, but the, the, the spread makes it intense and, you know, and then you have fan interest and all that stuff. So I don't think it, I don't think it makes it worse at all. I mean, if anything, it, it'll make it more interesting. The reason I asked that question, honestly, is because... Sometimes I think people get sort of locked down in their uh, their habits. I mean, you know, ask ask people who, who when the message board has any kind of changes to it, right? People are like, wait, 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 what is what is this new stuff? You know, I wonder what happens to the to the avenues for betting now versus when it when it opens up. 
um, you know, when the betting is is sort of in the in inside your your fantasy football app, right? You can you can play fantasy football uh, like you have been, um, but then you also can you know pop over to another one, another uh, another um, tab, and you can draft a new team and put money on it today and and see what you can win to this afternoon. Like when that changes, what does it mean for for people's like you said, the the, the bookies are going to have to are going to be hit the hardest. Um, you know, the odds makers are. It's going to take a while because the money is going to swing, and the way that they've been doing it uh, is going to be impacted. Um, in terms of how it impacts college athletics, I'm. I guess I'm most interested in the positives. I guess there are some potential negatives. I'm not. I'm not somebody who thinks like you shouldn't bet on games. I'm. Cer- I'm also not really worried. I think it was Dave who talked to us earlier. I'm not really worried about like players betting on games because they could have done this anyway like this is not going to change that um, we're like point shaving i mean yeah like, I mean, like there are they, point shaving is mostly uh, you know like associated with organized crime right so like that that element has existed forever right like that 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 isn't new and it's one of those things too like if someone was going to risk everything to to place those bets when it's you know more mainstream they were going to do it anyway like it's not gonna, that, that part's not going to change um, if anything, the idea that it, it takes the shadiness out of the, out of the equation could actually make it more difficult for somebody to do something like that because many of the avenues that you would use are just so public, um, or at least so, you know, um, so easily, um, identifiable, a whole lot easier to, to ask Yahoo to turn over some kid's username than it is to find the random dude that he, he worked with, um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I think long term the issues that are going to arise from this are a lot different than the ones that have come up right away. I don't think it's going to be like point shaving or integrity of the game. It's going to be little stuff like procedural stuff. It's going to be NCAA injury reports. It's going to be um, NBA tanking. It's going to be sitting your stars. That kind of stuff is going to get a lot more publicity. I think you're going to end up seeing a lot more regulations trying to keep that stuff in check because eventually I think for this to go nationwide, like every state to go, there's going to be some kind of federal standards, whether it's, you know, Congress is going to pass something or, or the league is going to say, Hey, we're okay with you doing this, but we want 1%. And if the, if the, if the betting agents, you know, whether it's the, the app or, you know, a, a facility itself are sending a portion of their money to a league, for allowing betting, they're going to want that league to say, okay, we'll give you that 1% or 0.5% or whatever, but you need to get us. Yeah. We need injury reports, all games on this day, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and you need to have some ramifications for teams who don't do it. So I think long-term that's what we'll be talking about. Not the, not the silly stuff that came up right away. Can I, can I offer a devil's advocate on that? If, all right. If let's say that the let's say that the 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 future that you just mapped out is actually not true, and let's say that instead of forcing the leagues to say more about uh, or forcing the whether it's the ACC or whoever, um, forcing those leagues to give more injury information, right? Let's say they don't do that. All right, who benefits? Who benefits from? less information being out there the book right i guess yeah right i mean so why would why would they give away what could be one of their final real 
uh, advantages. I, I almost wonder if it's going to be the opposite, which is they are totally fine if if college if college coaches don't submit in, injury information because they'll find it out because they they already have found it out. They didn't need those injury reports before. Why tell the public information unless unless you're going to make the argument that 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 historically speaking, injury information swings um, too dramatically. And the, and the book actually makes more money off of it. But my, my guess is, is this will be an area, it just makes sense to me that this could be an area where, where I almost said Vegas, but I guess technically it wouldn't be Vegas. It would be uh, multi-whatever, multi-state betting conglomerate, right? Uh, whoever that is. That, that, that they... Um, that William they, Hill. <laughs> yeah, like they don't that's want like that information That's like a big sports book that's all over the place. Right. Like yeah, they don't I mean, want that out there. Yeah, I mean, the, the long-term result could be zero injury reports or it could be more detailed on a specific date. I, I don't think we know, and I think that's the kind of discussion we have going forward. It's it's where is this information? Like what kind of information are you getting? Um, I, I think that's the bigger issue when you start talking about gambling because that's, that's how you – when you're talking about something where every guy can do it or every gal can do it you know, from their phone, little things like that that can swing uh, – you know. An, an app or a, or bookie house or whatever, not a bookie house, but app or a betting house um, from making a lot more money just by so-and-so having insider information. I think that stuff will be a lot more, the dollars that matter will be able to push pressure to, to, to mandate that. Um, so I think that's what we'll be talking about in the future. Not, not this little silly stuff that a lot of it's comes from, from old, old thinking. Yeah. You know? Did you just call me silly? I think you called me silly. Yeah, I called us all silly because I just said, you know, I'm not. In- I brought up integrity of the game. So. <laughs> um, anything else uh, on on this one before we wrap it up uh, this evening? You guys got any other thoughts? What's your uh, over you under for UVA football wins this season? They better win more than six, that's for sure. Um, I would put the over under solidly at six. I'd put it at six and a half. Okay. I take the under. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm going like five and a half. I'm just saying, and I think Vegas might go even lower than that. I haven't seen if they've have a number up yet, but I I just I, I look at that schedule. I with Bryce, I if they don't win seven games, man, they got to figure out a way to do that. I don't know if that's a hot take forty line. some minutes into the podcast in May, <laughs> but. I'm just saying, We're man. We're setting them up for the future. No, nah, I'm just saying, y'all, y'all can. All I know is Lamar Jackson was very, very good, and Louisville's defensive line last year not. And yeah, but Louisville's know. defense had a lot more problems than just Louisville's defensive line. Hey, I'm just trying to I make mean, they, it sexy for the next podcast. I mean, they were they were super <laughs> talented uh, in a variety of spots, but man, that they they were a dumpster fire in terms of organization and and where the who who was the defensive coordinator of that defense. Where is he now? Is he is is he not at Louisville? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And wasn't there like a huge falling out between them two? Like, wasn't there like a whole drama? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think Bronco. I don't yeah, think you're Bronco's really ruining gonna, the lead into the next podcast. Bro. No, I'm just saying I don't think Bronco's <laughs> going to get in a fight with his defensive coordinator. That's what I'm saying. Um, unless he really hates oh, himself. Boring. See what I did there? Um, no, I mean, may, I mean maybe Vegas would set it lower than that. I, personally, it's six and a half. Like I think, I think. Yeah, I mean, Vegas. Vegas's goal is to get even money on both sides, and you're yeah, not yeah, getting no even doubt. money on both sides at six and a half. You're just no, you're not. I would say five. I'm just I'd say, say five's a number. I'm just saying that, like, I'm just saying that, like, <laughs> if if they get lower than low, if they get six, um, I mean, like I said, that schedule this year, 
I mean, it may be the, maybe by the time we reconvene in the fall, or excuse me, in August, it's, you know, they've they've got a bunch of dudes who've sprung giblets and whatnot, but um, I don't know, man. I, it's that, I just can't envision. I just can't, and I don't want to because I don't want to. I don't want to live that for, you know, two months or whatever until basketball season starts and people can start talking about UMBC all over again. Um, man, that was a nice, fun way to to end the podcast. Thanks, Ferber. That would assume they stopped talking about it, Brian. Uh, that's true. It it'll it'll go away until it, it it has sort of. I saw these people. We were talking about this the other day. Like I see all these people talking about it on like Twitter and stuff, and I'm like, I haven't thought about that game in a long time. Like really thought about it. Um, but you know, teach their own. Um, I do want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. As always, want to thank um those of you who have found the site through the podcast. Um, really appreciate you uh doing that. Um. If you have are somebody who um, has found the podcast, who excuse me, who found the podcast but is not a subscriber, give us a look at CapsCorner.com. Like I said, we got lots of, um, even though it is May, we got a lot of stuff to to read about and and get set for um, going forward. And then if you are, are a subscriber, feel free to to pop over to um, whether it's Apple Podcasts and you know Android, whatever that app is called. Sorry, um, feel free to um, pop over and give us a. Uh, a review on iTunes or whatever um, certainly does help the show to for discoverability and all that fun stuff. Um, but again, I want to thank uh, Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. And again, thanks for uh, supporting the show. So for uh, David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.